0: Hi, I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Shmear. Thanks for joining me. My guests today are Tamar Faja and Elena Vasquez, and they have a baking company in Chicago called Masa Madre that I want you all to hear about. Hi, Elena. Hi, Tamar. Hi. Hi. Welcome to The Big Shmear. I'm so happy to have you as guests this week. Before we get really deeply into everything, which is going to be kind of fun, I wanted to just set the scene for my listeners, which I like to do. Um, I've been in all kinds of different places to do recordings. Once I was in a small little closet (laughs) in a restaurant, and I've been in hotel rooms, all kinds of places. So this time, I'm in this great apartment, it's Tamar's apartment, where they do quite a bit of baking. And sitting in front of me is this amazing looking challah, with some olive oil, and not only does it look amazing, but it smells really good. So I'm going to try not to distract myself too much while we have our conversation, and hopefully at some point I get to taste. Tell me if you could, um, could you give me a translation of the name of the company, what Masa Madre means?
1: Yes, uh, Masa Madre means mother dough in Spanish, and that's why we decided to name our company that way. So we felt that our company was nurturing, or our product is very nurturing, so we thought that the name was perfect for it. Seems like it is. And it's easy to pronounce, too. I like that.
2: But it's still in Spanish, which we wanted to do, because, you know, it's our company is a mix of Jewish and Mexican culture, so we really wanted to put that Mexican culture into it.
0: Yeah, you put it right up front, which mm-hmm. is good. And we will talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about how the company was founded. I know it was founded a few years ago, and that you're both Mexico City natives, and you both love to bake, but Mexico City is a really large place, and so I'm wondering how you met each other, and then maybe you can tell me a little bit about your separate paths and then
2: how they came together. Sure. So we met about nine years ago in Mexico City when we were starting fashion school, We both started doing fashion and uh, were together for about a year. After that, I stayed on and I finished school and Elena dropped out to do culinary arts.
0: So Elena, let me ask you, fashion is pretty exciting and pretty interesting, but it's not culinary school. So Mm -hmm. how did you wind up on changing paths?
1: I've always loved art and that's why I started studying fashion design. But also, I come from a family of great cooks, especially my grandmother. Well, my mother, too. They're both amazing cooks. And I've been baking since I was very young. So I decided that I wanted to pursue that passion and maybe mix it up with a little bit of arts and something creative. Makes sense to me.
0: Mm -hmm. And Tamara, what about you?
2: So I finished fashion design and while I was finishing and after that I did a lot of styling for magazines but also while I was still studying I started I think I started when I was still in high school actually a little company called Little Miss Cupcakes where I did decorated cakes and cupcakes from home and I sold to lots of people so I was like balancing those things together. I loved both of them. And I think a lot of it was because of the just stylistic part of it. So yeah, I I did that for a while.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can see where you were kind of divided there. Very both creative Mm -hmm. things, but clearly that interest in food and being in the kitchen was like it never left you really.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so you're in culinary school, Elena, and... You graduate. So tell me, what did you both do next, and how did you, more importantly, how did you get back together, pursue food in some way?
1: After I finished culinary school, well, I studied a bit in Mexico, and then I went to Spain, and I had the opportunity to work in different restaurants and bakeries. And I've always had this creative part of me where I want to like put my vision into something and um, I talked to Tamar about that, and she also wanted to do something with food. And after like a few years, we—I mean, I went to Spain, and Tamar stayed in Mexico. And randomly, we found each other again in Chicago that's two years crazy. ago. Yeah, that's <laughs> really crazy. crazy. Yeah. Uh. And we always talked about doing something together. And finally, we decided to start this business. And it's been so fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, tomorrow,
0: tell me what you did after you graduated. Did you come straight to Chicago or did, you, or did you travel also?
2: After college, I stayed in Mexico and I worked as a stylist for a little bit. And then I met my husband and he was applying to graduate school and he got into UChicago. So here you are. I've been here for four and a half years now. Oh, wow. When I moved here, I still wanted to study and stay in fashion. So I did some fashion merchandising, but got really bored. And I started a food blog doing like videos and recipes. Really? Yeah. Is it still around? Yes. And tell me what the name of it is. Sugar Pill. Oh, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of sugar in there, but most of the savory recipes are pretty healthy. (laughs) And yeah, so I've been here for four and a half years, but after about two and a half years, Selena came and we started thinking about starting this up.
0: Wow, that's very cool. In the information I've read about Masa Madre, I've seen a couple of recipes for sufganayot and babka. And halas, like the one that's staring at me across the table. <laughs> so clearly those are all Jewish foods or Jewish connection to those foods. So maybe you can tell me like what your, why you chose those recipes and those kinds of foods. Maybe let's start there. What made you decide to do those three things? And maybe there's more. Tell me if there's more.
2: Mm-hmm. So we, when we started last year, we started baking sourdough and babka. I recently came back from Israel from spending a summer there and I took a class with this amazing baker there. Uh, And I learned how to make babka. So when I came back, I really wanted to explore that. And we started baking that and selling it at this small farmer's market in the South Loop. We thought the sourdough part was going to be what stayed with us, but at the end it was was such a long process that Mm -hmm. we decided to stick with the babkas, and try to start a concept that was Jewish and Mexican together.
0: And so, Elena, not being Jewish and not having that background, how did that feel? Like, was it comfortable? Did it make sense to you? Which kind of builds into another question, but I'm guessing that the Mexican part of that connection sounds like it makes sense, but it's also asking you to think about a totally different
1: culture. The first time I tried Tamar's babka, it was, I mean, <laughs> it was clear to me that it was a great like bread. So I've worked in several bakeries. So I've i have been in French bakeries and Mexican bakeries. And for me, um, it's been a challenge, but a good challenge to know more about Jewish culture and know, knowing how to use the products, like not using dairies in certain mm-hmm. breads and respecting all of that. And it's been fun. I mean, I love learning all about this and like putting my creative side mm-hmm. on that. And so it's been, I mean, for me, it's been very, very fun.
0: I'm kind of curious about your creative process, both as it's sort of a two-part thing. So you're both being creative, but you're working together. And eventually, you'll have you'll decide on a recipe, a way to make whatever it is—the challah or babka, or whatever. So that's one thing. But also, how do you marry Mexico and Jewish? And I'm guessing sometimes it's not equal parts. But I'm kind of curious how you how you go about doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the process is a lot about looking at seasons. And I think in the Jewish calendar, there's the seasons are very important. And in every season, there's like a, a different food, a different pastry. So we've been trying to look into that. And I feel like maybe starting from there and also from Mexican holidays, trying to think about how to marry that with the other culture that we're looking at. I think with the Mexican and Jewish part, I mean for me it's pretty natural because I grew up there and my family's Jewish and there's a very big Jewish community that's been there for about a hundred years, so there's been a lot of influence and I mean a mix of cuisines there that have developed.
1: So Tamar <laughs> just comes to me and she's like, So this is this holiday and we usually eat this and then from there we're like, Okay. Then what do we eat in Mexico, and what would go good with it, so we start thinking about ingredients and and as Tamara says, I mean it's pretty natural for her, but for i mean for me too, because it's i mean I feel like bread can go almost with everything, so agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah, and if you have a good bread, you can just add anything it'll be good
0: I feel like in a way, I can see how that could be really cool because. You have, tomorrow. you have that history and um, not just of tradition in your own family, but just the Mexican Jewish traditions. You grew up with that. Your family grew up with that. But because Elena is, has the Mexico part, but not the Jewish part, I feel like you would add new things that maybe you would, tomorrow you wouldn't even think about.
2: Yes, for sure. And I think that I was, Mexican food was never that exciting to me (laughs) and I feel like in Elena's house it was probably so much more delicious and she has so much more experience with it that it's really helped to bring those flavors into our mix.
0: Yeah that makes total sense. So I got the reason why you wanted to start with babka because it was in your mind and it's incredible. (laughs) I have a sister-in-law who taught me how to make babka and it's just, it is really, when it, when you make it right, it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then I can guess about challah and sufganiyot, sufganiyot for Hanukkah. Is there any particular reason why, was it just the time of the year and you were experimenting and those three things made sense? Or did you try other things and they didn't work? I'm just curious.
1: Well, we've tried, those Those three have, have worked very good for us. We, what we try most are the feelings or the things that we add to it. And yes, we've had some that don't work. <laughs> we o- we o- only stay with the ones that are amazing. Of course, yeah. of course.
0: So maybe tell tell us some, like, what what was your twist with babka? What, what brought that to feeling like it's this combination of Mexico and Jewish? And maybe even sufganiyot. I'm mm-hmm. just kind of curious about
2: that. Just adding something to the last question. So we made the sufganiyot when it was Hanukkah, and then we made rugelach in December, and we've made pan de muerto. Ooh, what's um, that? That's the day of the dead bread that we eat in Mexico. It's like a, a yeasted, buttery bread. Oh, that sounds really bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's covered in sugar. Mm. Oh, really bad. <laughs> and you can eat it with hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, gee, Mexican hot chocolate. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so babka is like our main thing, and jala on Fridays and Saturdays, but all the other things we do, like our seasonal things, depending on what holiday it is. Sounds like great stuff.
0: Really (laughs) great stuff. How's the experience of working together on these recipes, the Day of the Dead? Tell me again how to say that.
2: Pan de muerto. Oh, that's so beautiful. (laughs)
0: Um, How has that, or has it, connected you in a different way to your own family roots. How is making those things and kind of putting your own twist on that? How is that for you?
1: Well, we've had to think about the traditional things that you eat in Mexico. So when we started, we had a babka that was filled with rajas con crema, which means poblano peppers and sour cream. (laughs) And that's a traditional thing that we eat a lot in Mexico. Uh, Right now, we're not selling that. We're still working on some details to bring it back. But it's more about thinking about what's traditional that would mix good with this new type of bread. I mean, we live in in the U.S., so we end up mixing all these flavors. So it's not always like typical Mexican food. We end up mixing it with things that everybody eats over here. So it's mostly about thinking what it's really, really Mexican. And um, I think it's brought me more, like, how do you say it? Close. (laughs) Close, yeah. Close Mm -hmm. to to my roots and my culture. Thinking about all these ingredients that they're eaten over there for some specific reason. Because they're fresh or they're, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you have to be really thoughtful about it. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why certain things are available there and not here, for instance. So... Makes sense. And what about you, Tamar? How does that, making these kinds of dishes in collaboration with Elena, does that change how you connect with being Jewish in this country or does it make you think about it differently?
2: Yeah, I think food has always been very important for me and I learn so much every time that we make a different recipe or a different type of bread or dish because we need to do some research about it. And so, learning what type of things they made and where they made them, I think it brings me closer to my roots and also understanding why and so much about the culture. You know, like there's some, my family's from, part of them are from Lithuania and part of them are from Syria. So, you know, one of our babkas has Zatar in it. And, but the babka itself is more like a Eastern European bread, and the zatar is like a Syrian thing. So learning about all of those cultures and then giving it a Mexican twist, it, I think it's really brought me closer to all of my roots.
0: Well, so you're combining Ashkenazi and Sephardic, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the best from all, right? Yes. <laughs> so have you shared your recipes with your families back in Mexico? Yes. And how is how were they what did they think?
1: <laughs> well, I was just in Mexico last week and I brought a babka <laughs> <laughs> and they were all so happy. They loved it. I always ask for advice to I always call my mom or my grandmother when I when I don't know how something works or how it's done better and they are always helping me. No, you should cook it like this or you should add this. So...
0: <laughs> it's a real collaboration. Yeah, it's a real... That's great. Yeah.
1: So I feel like our... our the, the breads that people are tasting have, like, advice from all our...
0: Lots of love, right? Yeah. Lots of family yeah. and love. I love... That's really very cool.
2: When I was in December in Mexico, I... We made, like, a pop-up of Masa Madre in Mexico, so I sold a bunch of them, and my family was very happy. I bet. <laughs> my grandfather, he loves the babka. And my grandmother has a bakery that's been there for over 42 years, I think. Wow. And now she asked me for my recipe to start making it there.
0: <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
2: Yeah, I hope I hope she does. We'll see.
0: That's really exciting. <laughs> so um, my understanding is that your bakery is kind of a virtual bakery. So maybe you can tell me... So I live in Chicago. So how would I go about ordering something if I wanted to? And then the other question is, if I don't look, live in Chicago, is there a way to sample some of these great things? So what do I do if I live in Chicago and want to have a challah?
1: We recently uh, launched our website, so now you can order over there.
0: What's your website address?
1: Uh, wait. Hello. <laughs> HelloMasaMadre.com.
0: Okay, one word, right? Yes. Could you spell it all out?
1: Yes, it's H-E-L-L-O-M-A-S-A-M-A-D-R-E dot com.
0: Perfect. Uh, So I would go to the website? Yeah, you
1: go to the website, you go to orders, and then there's um, a form you fill out, and then we'll receive the order, and then uh, we will confirm if we can get that uh, ready for you. We are not delivering right now outside of Chicago. It's in our plans, definitely, hopefully in the next weeks or month. Wow. So right now it's only for Chicago people. And
0: then do you actually deliver or do people come pick it up in Chicago?
1: It's mostly pickups. We only bake Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you say only. Only. (laughs) Only four Um, days.
1: (laughs) During the week we have 2 pickup times for people to come pick up their order over here. They either choose from 12 to 1 p.m. or from 5 to 6 p.m. And on Saturdays, from 12 to 1 p.m.
0: So tell me about the kind of people who order. Like, do they just live in your neighborhood? Are they people outside of Chicago? And how do they know about you? I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, I think there's been a great mix of people that order from us. I mean, the first article that came out was like a Pilsen neighborhood, blog so we started getting a lot of orders from within the neighborhood then a lot of people from the north side order as well or people who work in the loop because it's pretty convenient yeah so there's like a bunch of different people and I think they find out either through the articles that have come out there was just one in the Chicago magazine that came out last week and also I think our Instagram has grabbed a lot of attention for some reason so great photos about food how
0: can you lose (laughs) (laughs) so even though you only bake i think it was four days (laughs) what else do you do do you have to have day jobs and if so what do you do besides spending all your free
2: time baking i'm a healthy cooking teacher with common threats so it's an organization that works with public schools to teach kids and families how to cook and eat healthier. So now I have three schools, so three days a week I go and teach cooking classes there.
0: How old are the students?
2: They can be from like 6 to 13 or 14, so it's pretty varied. That's pretty broad. Yeah, some of the parents come too, so
1: it's a pretty fun class. I really like it.
0: That's great. And what about you, Elena?
1: I am a yoga teacher.
0: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right now I teach at a studio in Chinatown. It's called Yoga 108. So, yeah, we're always dividing our time.
0: <laughs> you are really busy people. Yes. Really <laughs> <laughs> busy people. And so, Elena, you you said that possibly down the line you might be able to find a way to have your products move beyond the Chicago area. Are there other plans or things that you're thinking about for the future of the company, which makes me feel like this means it's got this really great momentum and it's successful, you've got a successful base, which is very cool.
1: We're still thinking about uh, our options between opening a place or staying as an online bakery, but definitely we want to be able to deliver not only outside of Chicago but also reach other parts of Chicago. Right now we are only able to deliver to neighborhoods that are close to Pilsen because we do everything <laughs> and we're, we can't go farther. So definitely that uh, we're still working on our delivering options.
0: That's important.
1: Yeah. So
2: we're looking into either starting to work at a kitchen outside of our own mm-hmm. where we can make a lot more orders and or looking for a place, but we're not sure that we're ready yet. <laughs>
0: So are you surprised at the interest and the impact? I mean, I know how it is to go from an idea to then actually doing the idea. And there's a huge learning curve in the middle of that. And then you're doing it, but then there's like, oh my God, we're doing it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what's that like?
2: Yeah, I think it was super fast. I mean, I know you said that the company has a couple of years and the Chicago Magazine article also said two years, but really it just started in October. <laughs> <So> Whoa! <laughs> it's yeah. been very fast. I don't even think that we've had a lot of time to think about how this happened and how to move forward. So it's been very surprising to see how people have been so excited and interested in our product. I think it's... the times.
0: I mean, some of it is that more and more small places are opening up all over the country and it's all about homemade things with great ingredients and, and more nutritious. And I think that's really appealing to people. And now there's ways for them to move on that appeal with places like Masa Madre. Mm-hmm. So I think we all benefit for that. That's, it's important to be eating healthy and eating food that's made with love. So yeah, I, think it's, I think it's all
2: good. And we've also been surprised to see that we haven't really found any Jewish bakeries in Chicago. So even though there's a really big Jewish community. So I think that's, that was a very good <laughs> point for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting kind of toward the end of the conversation and I had asked if you have a recipe that you might want to share. And Tamar was thinking about a recipe for spice, zatar, mm-hmm. And I'll have that on my website. She's going to share that with me. But I wonder if you want to talk a little bit about it. And most people who are familiar with that spice think about Israel. And so you were explaining to me earlier there's that if I were to have that spice in Mexico, it would taste very different.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's za'atar is a Middle Eastern spice. My grandparents from my dad's side come from Syria, so they used to make it there. But when the Jewish people from the Middle East are getting to Mexico, they couldn't find all of the spices that they used in the za'atar, because it's a mix of about seven to nine spices. So instead of sumac, they start using hibiscus flour because... It not only has the same color, but also about the same acidity and flavor. So it's a very interesting spice, and I think that you can probably find it very differently. The taste would be very different in every country or every place that you buy it in.
0: And would you use it in the same way or with the same foods in Mexico that you would find it, say, in the Middle East?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, like a pita bread with za'atar or maybe like a chicken with it Mm. or a fish with tahini and za'atar. So, yeah, I think it would be pretty much the same type of foods.
0: So for those people who live in the Chicago area or who aren't so far from the Chicago area, I know that you have a couple of events coming up soon, and maybe you could talk just briefly about those.
1: Yes, uh, we'll be having an event with Atlas Obscura. The date has not been set right now. It's it's going to be definitely in the middle of April. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and people will be able to check your website. I'm yes. guessing that'll be on there once you have the date. Yeah,
1: it'll be on our website, and it'll be on the Atlas Obscura website. The tickets will be available, and we'll be giving a Babka class. That's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> it's going to be at pleasant house pub here on Halstead Street in Pilsen, so it's gonna be a very fun event
0: i think so too anything else that people should know about
2: well this saturday i'm not sure that uh, the podcast will be up but we're having the birthday party of hope World brewing we're gonna be selling babkas there and we're gonna make a special one for them for their peach beer we're gonna be making a stone fruit babka whoa
0: <laughs> a signature babka for your <laughs> beer Yes. yes. what more could you ask for really <laughs> well I want to thank both of you so much for opening your home and sharing conversation about your company and hearing about all these great exciting things that you're doing it sounds really fun I wish you lots of luck continued success so thank you for being my guest thank, thank you so you much, so
2: much. <laughs> it's been really fun
0: Thank you for listening to The Big Schmear. Our recording engineer is Jason Melton, and our editor and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatino Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you have comments or questions I'd love to hear from you, please send your email to beth at thebigshmeer.com. and be sure to check out my website, thebigshmeer.com, to find recipes shared by my guests. Thank you and happy eating.